says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Father God, thank you. Thank you that Jesus was a fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And Father, as Christians, we oftentimes spend so much time and emphasis on Jesus' second coming that we fail to grasp the significance of his first coming, the first advent. And so, Father, thank you for this time of year. It is the most wonderful time of the year, but it's because of Jesus. And so, Father, meet us here in this place. Cause the word to come alive. Challenge our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen, and amen. You can be seated. In this series, I want to make a strong case for why we celebrate Christmas, why we as a family celebrate Christmas, why we as a church celebrate Christmas, because I know that there are believers that do not celebrate Christmas. And I want to make a strong case for why I believe we should. I want to make a strong case as to why it is the greatest holiday. And if clearly understood, the greatest encouragement to us as believers. Christmas did replace pagan festivals. And it's for that reason that a lot of believers choose not to recognize Christmas. Um, and I think it's tragic. The observance of joy and celebration on Christmas traces its roots to the festivals, to the pagan festivals. Christmas comes from the old English Christ Mass. It was celebrated with three masses recognizing the threefold birth of Christ, one at midnight, one at dawn, and one on the day itself. The three masses represented eternally in the bosom of the Father, from the womb of the Virgin Mary, and mystically in the soul of the faithful. But what you may not know, what you may not know about Christmas being on December 25th, because many have argued, you know, December could not possibly, based on Scripture, have been the day that Christ was born. What you may not know is that December 25th, it's been argued, was chosen to oppose the feast of the Natalis Solus Invicti, which is the celebration of the birth of the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness. Makes me wonder if scriptures like Malachi 4.2 were a direct confrontation of that idolatry. Let me tell you who the Son of Righteousness is. He's who Malachi and Malachi 4.2 said would rise up with healing in his wings. He's not that idol that you're worshiping. He's not the S-U-N of righteousness. He's the capital S-O-N of righteousness, the Son of God and God the Son. And I believe it was an in-your-face to the idol worshipers of the day that we're going to take this day that you choose to, to celebrate the Son of righteousness and we're going to honor the Son of righteousness who will rise up with healing in his wings. Gives us great cause to want to celebrate the holiday instead of ignoring it so much. It's also significant to note that in the early centuries, believers were more uh, likely to celebrate one's death than one's birthday. So everything about this was outside of the norm. Everything about it, the fact that they were going to celebrate the birth of Christ, 
The fact that they chose specifically December 25th, I believe, as an in-your-face to all the idol worshipers. Let us present to you the true God in the midst of everything that you're choosing to worship. So why should we celebrate Christ's birth on December 21st? I don't know if you've given much thought to it, but no other holiday declares the deity of Jesus Christ like Christmas. No other holiday. No other holiday declares Jesus Christ, God becoming man, the incarnation. No other holiday. In fact, I want you to look closely at this scripture in Isaiah 9, 6. I don't know if you've looked at it. Um, it's familiar because of Christmas to, to us, but I don't know if you really, really looked at it. Notice what it says. It says, for a child is born to us, but notice that a son is given to us. A child is born to us, babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. But how many of you know that long before he was a child born to Joseph and Mary, that he was God's son? Long before he was a child born to us, he was a son given to us. And he was given us, we know from John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, Christmas is more than just a child that was born to us. It's about a son that was given to us. It's the incarnation, God becoming man. God becoming man. And we celebrate Christmas because nothing declares the deity of Christ Jesus like Christmas. Yes, the earth received and celebrated the birth of a child, but he was God's son given to you and I. But Pastor John, the roots are still pagan in origin. Okay. Okay, I mean, if you want that to be your sticking point, can I choose what I believe to be an equally logical argument? And I'm hoping that you see, see the connection here. Because if, if we're going to choose, you know, um, the origin of something as our standard for why we don't celebrate and why we don't receive it, then I think that we should be consistent across the board. And so let me challenge you where it might hurt a little bit. Up until the 16th century, coffee was considered the devil's drink. Oh, here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been... <laughs> I was doing good. But let me tell you why. It's been around since the 9th... In fact, it was, a, it was a Pollock that was the first one to convert it into liquid. I just want you to know that. My people! Um... It's been around since the ninth century when Islamic shepherds noticed the effect that the coffee beans had on their sheep. From Islamic clerics who began cultivating the plant all the way to Europe, and the Europeans didn't receive it because of its origin. They didn't receive it because it came from Islamic clerics. But let me tell you about a very godly man named Pope Clement VIII. He took a sip and he said, this devil's drink is delicious. We should cheat the devil by baptizing it. 
So from the devil's drink to cafes and churches, so far we've come. But coffee was pagan. It was ungodly in its origin. It was called the devil's drink. If your logic is going to be consistent, then it should be consistent in everything. And if you're going to throw out a day that Christians have taken and they chose to honor the birth of Jesus Christ on it, then be consistent in everything that you do. See, the one thing that the Word of God does is that it is consistent start to finish. And if I start throwing things out because of the origin, I love the boldness of the early believers. Man, we're going to choose December 25th. And we're going to choose this day to honor the birth. I totally love that move. I think that was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And for us not to recognize Christmas is to say that those bold early believers were, were like honoring, you know, paganism in some way when they weren't. They were declaring Christ's birth. So everybody can declare all their crazy things, but we as Christians can't stand up and we can't declare Christ's birth. We can't declare the incarnation. We can't declare that God became man and dwelt among us. We can't declare that. Why can't we? And why would we not honor a day like that? And why would we not celebrate a day like that? And why would we not rejoice in a day like that? Think about it. It's this time of year that people give more than they've ever given. It's this time of year that you can walk into any store in any mall and you can hear the praises of God sung. You can hear people encouraged to fall on their knees and to hear the angels sing. You hear Jesus Christ spoken about. And you can try to take Christ out of Christmas and just call it the holidays, but the songs, the songs you can't remove. And they scream the birth of Christ. They scream the incarnation, God becoming man. They scream it from the mountaintops. And I love it. I love it that no matter what radio station you might turn on, that it celebrates the birth of Christ. And why shouldn't we? Isn't it amazing that people who might not even know the Lord celebrate Christmas and believers who claim to know him don't? It seems so crazy to me. So crazy. Well, then don't drink any coffee either because its origin's not good. I don't know about you, but I baptized that drink. And I'm with Pope Clement VIII, and uh, I'm saying, it's go, Pastor John, you can't compare coffee to Christ. You're right, I can't, but I can the logic. And I think the logic is crazy. So anybody can just grab the rainbow and use it for whatever reason they want to when God gave it to Noah as a symbol of the covenant that he made with him, promising that he never flood the earth again. So everybody can do what they want to do, but Christians can't take a bold stand. I say we can, and I can't think of a better time of year than right now to do it. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas. Absolutely love it, and I'm not bowing down and worshiping my Christmas tree, and that scripture out of Jeremiah didn't have anything to do with Christmas trees. They didn't have Christmas trees back then. Come on, people. We're talking about idols that were made of wood. Lisa and I and the boys don't come before a Christmas tree, and honey, we need to pay homage to the tree now, and we don't bow down, and we don't worship. We don't worship. We worship Jesus Christ. Come on. Let's be the kind of believers that the world will look at and say, they seem stable. 
I think. <laughs> well, come on. Come on, come, come on. No, just remove all the names out of your head right now. That are the... Come on, let's, let's be an example. We should be making the world thirsty for God. We should be lighting the truths about Jesus up. Aren't we salt? Aren't we light to a lost and a dying world? Do you think that all the things that you're boycotting are going to win people to Christ? Come on. Do you think, do you think that, that unbelievers are saying, oh my gosh, I never thought about it. God hates sinners and I'm going to hell. Do you think that's going to win them over? Do you think those signs we put in our front yard with those scripture verses that scream judgment are going to win people to Christ, you're going to win people to Christ. Your example, the way that you live your life, that's what's going to win people to Christ. And do not deny Jesus during Christmas, at least not around me, because I think it's crazy. And you can always bring things back, you know. Yes, it's gotten commercialized. I say we commercialize Christ. I say we get him out there. I say we market him big time. Let the world know that the birth of Christ was chosen. December 25th was chosen because it was a pagan holiday. And the believers said, you know what? Son of righteousness, my eye. Capital S-O-N, son of righteousness. Malachi 4-2, son of righteousness. That's who we're going to honor on this day. I totally love it. Come on, get your game on, saints. What an opportunity for you to witness. What an opportunity for you to witness. I don't think we as Christians win anybody to Christ from, from, uh, from what we choose to pull back from. When we first came to the area, we had to find, um, we had to choose schools. We had to choose a school for, for our sons. I think Corey was like in third grade and, and Colin was in first grade and we had to choose a school. And we chose to put our boys in the public school system. Well, some in the church didn't agree with that. And they thought that we were a little bit off our rocker, and some people still do think that we're off our rocker, but we're still rocking. But, uh, um, but we, uh, we said, you do what you want to do. I said, but we're putting light into the public school system. We're not pulling it out. And if we continue as saints to pull out of everything, if we continue to boycott and, and to ban this and to ban that, then we have no influence there, do we? I think Christians should be everywhere, from the highest office of the land, government officials, the school system. Christians should be everywhere. And what a wonderful time of year for you to display Christmas, call it whatever you want, Christmas banners, Christmas cards, I would specifically choose ones that scream Jesus Christ. It's Christmas. I have every right to have this up here. What an opportunity. Don't pull the light out. Don't pull the light out because of fear. Don't, be, don't pull the light out because you feel that there is so much demonic influence there or because of an agenda here or an agenda there. We were given copies of the Communist Manifesto and told not to put our kids in the public school system because that's what was being taught there. And we said, you know what, you can do whatever you want to do, but this is what we feel God's leading us to do, and I'm so glad we put our boys in the public school system. Aren't we to let our light so shine? 
Isn't that why we're here? Aren't we to be a city on a hill, not hidden? Isn't that why we're here? Come on, saints, this is Christmas. The very name of the holiday centers around Christ. And you bet, celebrate and gather, but man, what an opportunity for you maybe for the very first time to say, hey, it's Christmas, let's pray before we eat today. What a great opportunity. What a great opportunity for you to step up and say, hey, we're going to have it at our house this year. And hey, we pray before we eat. Let's pray. What a wonderful opportunity for you to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Live your life. Don't hide it. I can't find any support in Scripture for Christians hiding their light. I can't find any support for Christians being a city on a hill that's hidden. Everything in Scripture says that we are to live our lives in such a way that men would see our light that shines and they would glorify Father God because of it. And I think some have been putting their light under a bushel for way too long. Get some gut, saints. What a great time of year. You're going to be around unsaved family members. You're going to be around unsaved friends. What a wonderful opportunity for them to see Jesus in you and for the mystery to be removed and for the mystery to be revealed as to why you're happy, as to why things just seem to work out for you. What a wonderful opportunity for you to step up and say, you know what, I, I'm ashamed that I've never told you, but the reason why we're still married, the reason why we're happy, the reason why it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Could I be so bold as to pray for boldness for you today as we close the service? I just want to pray some boldness over you. And if you look at it in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4, there's something about praying for boldness that pleases the heart of God. In fact, in Acts 4, God shook the place where they prayed for boldness. And I want to pray that for you because I think some of you are in need of it because you have family members that are intimidating. You have family members that you don't want to ruffle the feathers of. You don't want it to be some awful holiday with a bunch of walls that have been constructed. I'm telling you, give all the glory to God and walls will come down. And the hardest of hearts can come to Jesus this Christmas season. All because you had the courage to say Jesus Christ is the reason for the season in our house. He's the reason for our life beyond the season in our house.